so the Lord has laid this uh, message on my heart about two and a half, three weeks ago, I guess it was. Um, I uh, Jesus revealed to me in a very direct way that I like to run. I'm a runner. I I run from lots of things. I run from work. I run from when I drove a truck. I drove a truck for almost 30 years, and during that time, I would spend two years out on the road and maybe a couple of years back home because when it gets too hard out on the road, I'd come home. And then when it gets too hard at home, I'd go back out on the road. So I was constantly running, 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 running from, from life, from, uh, from circumstances, from relationships, just whatever. I was run, 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 run. Well, Jesus revealed to me that I was running in a way that I had no idea I was running for the longest time. And what had happened was I got a, a phone call from my doctor where I had a doctor's appointment and I did not make it to that doctor's appointment. So with the doctors that I go to, I'm thinking, well, I messed that up. I need these doctors. They're good for me. But now that I didn't go, I didn't call, I didn't show that I was not going to be able to go back to my doctor. So I was like, this ain't no good. You know, I messed this up bad. Uh, so now I'm not going to be able to, to, you know, get all this mess taken care of. And, and I'm sitting there and I'm spazzing out because, you know, I don't know what to do. I've got to have this, got to have that. And I'm freaking out. And then one of, my, one of my buddies that I love very dearly comes in there and says, what's going on? And I said, well, I totally messed up my doctors. I said, I don't know if I'll be able to go back to a doctor now. And he says, well, what do you mean? So I told him, I said, I had an appointment today and I didn't go. I said, and they told me, you know, if there's no show, no call, then I wouldn't be able to go back. And he said, well, you just need to call them. I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm just not going to do that. And he said, well, he said, yes, yeah, sure. He said, what can they do? And I said, well, they can tell me I can't come back. And he said, well, you're not going to know what they're going to say until you call them. And I was like, no, I don't know. I said, no, I'll just have to wait. I'll just, you know, see what else I can do later. And he said, you're running. He said, you're running right now. He said, stop running. And I was like, Okay. So Jesus revealed to me that I am running from responsibility. I'm running from things that just didn't think, I just didn't think that that was a way that you could run. I mean, God has showed me for the past two or three weeks that these things that I'm running from is not just uh, geographical. It's not just being here or being there. In body or whatever, it's, it's, it's life that I've been running from, things that I don't want to face, things that I don't want to deal with, and things that just makes me get all nervous and jerky inside and like, no, I'm not going to deal with that, so I'm just going to go over here and, you know, mind my own business. So I was thinking about running, and uh, God is laying on my heart some, some scriptures here. Find myself running from God in ways that I didn't even realize I didn't even know existed, which is just responsibility. So I was thinking about Moses. Moses came into my mind, and Moses ran from circumstance. I mean, he ran, he killed somebody, so he was running from a circumstance or situation. Then I thought about Jonah, and uh, Jonah just ran physically. I mean, God told him to go to Nineveh. He went directly the opposite direction, going to Tarshish. So he was running. Physically from God. And then Peter, think about Peter. And when he denied Jesus three times, he was running from a relationship. So, so there's different, different ways and different avenues that, that I've been seeing how people can run. And I'm, unfortunately, hit every one of them just about. So 
So I am a runner, and so that started getting onto my heart heavily for the last couple of weeks, and, and I don't want to run from God. I want to run to God. So I'm thinking, it's just like church with no walls. Uh, a couple of years ago, before COVID, we started church with no walls, and it went really great. And then COVID hit, and then it came like a, an excuse for me not to do them anymore. And then a year went by, you know, and then we started coming back together. And then it's already said, no, it ain't time, it ain't time, it ain't time, is what I kept saying. And, and again, I was running. I was running from that, too. So, so I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm tired of running. So uh, I've been talking to Jesus about it and everything. And I'm like, you know what? I just don't know how not to run. So the big word responsibility came to my mind. And when you, we run from responsibility, it's not like, a, uh, it's not like we're running from uh, like town to town. But responsibility is life. I mean, we have responsibilities in life. I mean, sometimes when, as an adult myself, I'm like, no, I'm not going to adult today. I'm not going to do that. So, so responsibility is always on our minds. Even little ones have responsibility. And a lot of times I just don't want to take it on. A lot of times I just want to say, no, I'm just not. I'm just not. And then that is a form of running. So it really convicted me that I was running from God. And this whole time, my heart is like, no, I'm running towards God. And what my ashes were showing was that I was running away from God. So with, the, with this doctor's appointment and, you know, you get that dreaded bill, you know, that phone call from a debtor or something, and you know you don't have the money to pay it. You know you don't have the means to give to them. So I just don't even answer the phone. So again, that's running. I mean, I'm running from the responsibility of a bill of a debt that I accrued, that it was my bill, my debt, my responsibility to pay it. But yet I was like, no, I'm not going to deal with it. So that responsibility kept resonating and resonating. So <clears throat> I'm thinking, okay, Lord, so, so now that I know this problem is here, you're going to have to show me or tell me what I can do to get better at it. So he said, okay. He said, let's talk about it. So, so we did. And uh, so I was, I was asking Garrett earlier, what is the difference or the similarities to accountability and responsibility? And I asked him, I said, is it the same thing? And he says, no. He said, I think they're similar, but they're different. He said, responsibility is task-oriented. I mean, when you're trying to be responsible, you have to do something. You have to... Uh, either make the phone call or, you know, make arrangements or you have to physically go somewhere to do something. I mean, a responsibility is a task-oriented thing, whereas accountability is, a, is kind of what happens after the fact. I mean, once, once the responsibility hits and it's like, okay, so I called the doctor. So when I called the doctor back, I got the appointment the next day. Everything was fine. But the accountability was that, when I made the call and got the appointment and everything was good, then Jesus said, yeah, I got you. So I'm accountable to God for everything that I do, every decision I make, every move I make. Everything I do, I have to make an account to God for that. So, so when it came to the uh, responsibility thing, I thought, well, no, that ain't got nothing to do with God. You know, I'm just going to do it my way or, you know, it's what I was thinking. I'm just not going to deal with it. I'm just not going to call them. I'm not in the mood. You know, it's all the other stuff, but, but I have to make an account to God for that because it is, in fact, my debt. So I have to take that responsibility on. 
So I was talking to Josh today, and he said he used these car keys as an analogy, which was really good. He said, Let me, he says like this. He said, if, if I give you the keys to my vehicle, and he held his, his keys out. He said, if I give you these keys, and I'm hanging them here in the air, and you take the keys from my hand, he said, you have taken on the responsibility of driving my vehicle safely, right? So he says the same thing like with that with God. He said, when God gives me a calling, and I'll, I'll use church with no walls, when he gave me that calling, I took the responsibility of achieving that goal. So when I took that responsibility on, and then the steps, the baby steps that led up to the first one over in Cock County in 2019, I think it was. 2019 over there was baby steps up to it. And then when we got there and it was happening and everything was going good. And at the end of it, I had achieved that goal simply because I took the responsibility of doing what I had to do, researching everything and making sure the food was able to be cooked on the river and all this other stuff. So, so it's baby steps. It's responsibility in life. But sometimes that responsibility word scares me. So instead of saying that it's the responsibility that I need to take, I'm, I'm saying, you know what, God, this is your calling. You're going to have to help me do this because I can't do this on my own. So when I turn that responsibility over to God and say, you know what, you, you know, Lord, please help me with this. He's certainly not going to say no. He's going to say, OK, we got this. You know, Yumi's going to do this. So God gives us the calling for. And then when we take the keys from his hands, then we take on the responsibility of doing so uh, it kind of reminds you of that hands and feet of God. You know, you got to you got to put in the effort. You got to put in the action and then you'll get the result. So so the responsibility and uh, ways, some ways that the Lord showed me here how to get better. To be more responsible, so to speak, is to set goals. And uh, when God when God lays a calling on my heart whether it be church in the walls or a mission or uh, <laughs> this, when, when God calls me, <laughs> calls me to do something, it's a goal. I had to set a goal. I had to, I had to get in the word. I had to find out what he was talking about and where this responsibility thing was going. Cause I had no idea. I just know that's all I thought about for weeks. So I knew something had to be coming out of that. And so I set the goal of like, oh, all right, God, you got to show me a verse. So he showed me Luke twelve forty eight. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. So the more God have, lays on my heart, the more he entrusts me into his purpose and his will. So the more I get, the more I have to give. So the more, just like, the, uh, just like with this, you know, being in, in here right now, I have to give you everything that God has given me. And I, I don't think that that's, a, that's more of an accountability thing. Because God, God laid this on my heart, and if I don't give you, give you what he's given me, then I stand in front of him and he says, well, you didn't do this, you know. But thank God for his grace and mercy, here we are. So, so Luke 24, uh, 12... 48 is really good because it doesn't matter uh, what God calls you to do. He's going to give you the responsibility to achieve the goal. 
but he's also going to give you the grace and mercy to help you achieve it. So it's not like you're going to be on your own. He's going to say, here, Liv, you got to go out there and talk to these people when I'm done. I'll see you tomorrow. No, he didn't say that. So he says, uh, he says, the more that I lay on you, just like 2017 was the year that I gave my life to the Lord. So everything, everything, 2017. So when I did that, when I gave him my whole life, and he, t- he started saying, well, you need to go to this Bible group. You need to go to this church. You need to go and do this and do that. So, and the more I grew in Jesus, the more I wanted to give out Jesus. So the more responsibility that he gave me of being at church on Sunday morning, Wednesday morning, and at that time I prayed that I could be at church every day. I wanted to be here every day when I got saved. And uh, so, of course, it didn't happen. You know, work, you got to work. You got responsibilities at work. You got responsibilities at home. You got responsibilities with kids. You got responsibilities with school and all these other things. I mean, all these responsibilities is, is piling on. And sometimes it gets very, very heavy. I mean, and that's what I call being adult. Sometimes being adult is very heavy. I mean, I don't have kids personally of my own, but I do have uh, nieces and nephews and grandkids from a past relationship, but I don't see them much. So my responsibilities is different than maybe Brenda's. It's got grandkids. So, you know, okay. But my responsibility is no more or less important to God than hers. So we all have our own responsibilities of what we have to do and how we do them. But the, the great thing about it is, is that God's right there. I mean, Jesus is right there. He's not going to leave you alone because these things that I don't know nothing about, like uh, <laughs> when my niece and nephew was born, I'm not very good with kids eating food. Uh, little toddlers, uh, if they don't have teeth, I'm not going to give them a carrot, you know? So, so no, it's not going to happen. So I would get so nervous around little toddlers that I wouldn't even let my niece and nephew eat unless their mom or my mom was there. I'm like, no, not happening. And I have literally gotten up from the dinner table and left until they got done eating, then I'd come back. So, so my responsibility in that area was not as intense or in, in pur- purpose like it was for my mom and their mom, because it was their mom and their and my my mom that kind of raised them. So I just got to have fun with them and send them home, <laughs> so and tell them that they're hungry. You might want to feed them. <laughs> but but the responsibilities is a big word. It is a very heavy thing to have, because um, if you think about uh, accountability, accountability is. I kind of get, it's, it really gets kind of confusing to me about the accountability thing. And it's not, it's not because it's, uh, I don't understand it. It's more like, okay, so Lord, if I do this, and this is what you're calling me to do, how are you going to hold me accountable? I mean, how does that work? I have a really hard time of trying to figure out the accountability thing. And then over here on this side is the responsibility thing. So when Josh gave me that analogy of the keys, I, it kind of clicked a little bit. Like, okay, so, so God called me to this. I said yes, and now I have to take up and do these baby steps to get to where he wants me to be. So in order to do that, so during this time, where's the accountability? Where do I get that? Where does it come from? So I have noticed and was thinking that since I got saved, the, the steps that I've taken 
to get to where I am now, people has been the accountability. I mean, yes, it's God, but, but God puts people in our lives for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. So there's people that's no longer in my life that helped me dr- drastically when I first came to Jesus. So it's, it's the accountability of, uh, like, okay, Lord, I said yes. But now six months down the road, I can't say, no, Lord, I ain't going to do this no more. So that is, is that part of the accountability? I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah. You know, God laid his purpose and his will on you. You accepted it, and now I take up the responsibility and I go with it. Where it takes me is where he leads me, not where I'm going to take it because I ain't no good without him, and I ain't going to be no good without him. So if I have him and he's laid a calling on my heart, we're going to reach that goal. But we're going to reach that goal in his way, not the way that I think we should. So set goals is one of the ways to be more responsible and then the next one is practice self-control. You know, that's a hard one because sometimes I just really want to just have that donut, you know, sometimes. And then sometimes I know I just really don't need it. So self-control is not only about food. It's about decisions that you make. It's about being able to know that if God has called you into this particular ministry or this particular calling and you know that Okay, I'll just use the mission. You know, I really want to go on missions. I want to get into evangelism. That's what I want to be when I grow up in Jesus as an evangelist. So, so I want to get into that. So in order to get into that, I've got to take baby steps to learn how to do that. I mean, I would love to go to New Zealand. But if I get on a plane right now and go to New Zealand and get off the plane and say, hey, let me tell you about my Jesus, they're going to laugh at me. They ain't going to take me serious. So I've got to learn how to get to the point to where when I do get to where God wants me to be, I'll be in him, he'll be in me, and he'll do the work. So, so i got to get to that point, and self-control is really, really a deep thing because a lot of times, you know, I don't want to read the Bible. Yeah, imagine that, right? No, a lot of times I don't. But I know in self-discipline, if I don't, how am I going to know what God wants me to do if I don't read his word? So, so self-control is, is really a, a deep thing there. And then we got to stay persistent, and that takes commitment. Now, we all have been to that point to where I am not going to set no commitment for nothing. <laughs> not going to do it. So when you're staying persistent and you're committed, and you're totally committed, then it's not going to be like a burden. It's going to be a joy to be able to do the, the, the thing that God is asking you to do. Just like, of course, you might not be able to tell you, but by standing here right now, I want to do this, but I don't want to do this if God don't do it for me. So staying persistent, I had to, for the, well, for the past five years now, five and a half years, I went up here one time, and that was when, when they were giving testimonies on Sunday nights. I gave my testimony up here in 2017. The only time I've ever been here. But I did do church with no walls three or four times, and I spoke then. But I spoke then where it was good, but it wasn't where God wanted it to be, so it just didn't happen. And that was on me. That was my responsibility that I quit taking because I was like, no, no, I ain't going to do that no more. Not right now. I'm not into it. Not, you know, this sort of thing. So persistence, you got to stay persistent. Of course, life happens. Things happen that we have no control over. But there's also things that happen that, you know, we do have a free will. And we do make that choice of how we're going to deal with what life brings us. And to me personally, as long as, I, as long as Jesus is in here, 
I know whatever life has to throw at me is going to be stopped because God says, no, we're not going to deal with that. So, so I'll let God say, I'm not going to deal with that. But when I say it, it, it ain't good. <laughs> so, and then the respect other people, beliefs without judgment. Now, that's pretty hard, ain't it? I mean, try to respect people to me is like, you know, do unto others as God would, you know, as you would have them do unto you. So to me, it's kind of simple. If I treat you the way I want to be treated, then is that respectful? I think so. And I think that I respect God. You know, I respect my dad. I didn't for the longest time. Me and my dad had not spoke for over two years at one time. But now, I mean, I respect him now very highly. But at one time I did not, but I respect God. So when it takes respect to, to, to talk to people and get to know these people without using your own judgment towards what they're going through, it, it takes God to, do, to give you that. I don't think that I can do that personally all by myself. Because at one time I didn't care about people. At one time it was all about me. So, so when you start thinking about other people and you want, to, want them to treat you the way you want to be treated, then... Treat them good. You know, respect them. And then we go to self-confidence. It says build, it said to build, build self-confidence is what it said when I was doing research. And I was like, you know what? You can't do that. I can't do that without Jesus. I can't build my own self-confidence. I've got to have Jesus. I build my confidence in Jesus because I trust him. When I gave my life to him and he came into my life and changed it drastically and every little detail he changed, he changed it to where it was, he never let me down. I mean, he never let me down. Every time that something happened bad, he was always there. Um, I got back into the world a couple years ago. And it got pretty intense. I quit, quit coming to church so much. And, you know, I just got back into the world and started drinking a little bit and started smoking again and this sort of thing. So the self-confidence that was there was not in me because I had totally let God down. So I was not confident that I would even be able to... Uh, be able to even speak out loud Jesus's name because I'm thinking, you know what, you know, your self self-confident really got you some words, didn't it? Yeah. Right. So I don't believe I can build up my own self-confidence, but I can trust in Jesus and with his confidence, he gives me when I need it. So I don't think uh, building self-confidence to me is not doable without Jesus Christ. So, and then we have uh, take ownership. That doctor bill that, or that doctor appointment that I didn't make, I had to take that. I had to take, I had to own it. I was like, you know what? I did this. I took that slot. I took that time. I took that money that was going to continue this ministry. I done all that and I didn't show up. So I let you down. So I got to take ownership. And then when I called them and everything was okay and they didn't hate me and they didn't tell me not to come back and all this other stuff and they made the appointment the next day, then I took ownership of that, and when I did take ownership of that, God come in and said, you know what, you need this because you got to continue your medical regimen and stuff. So, 
So you got to own it. You got to own what we do. Every choice, every choice we make, every opportunity that we do or do not take, whether it be Jesus-led or world-led, everything we do has consequence. So when you take the ownership of that consequence and say, you know what? I know this ain't right. I know this ain't what God told me to do. So here I go. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go to that person. I'm going to try to make it right with that person because that's what God says to do, right? Is to go to that person, try to make it right. And then if that don't work and if they don't want to make it right, then God will show me, well, just wash your hands of it and go on. So if you don't, you just got to take ownership. You got to own it and say, all right, Lord, I messed up. Here we go. Then the next one is uh, listen more. When you listen to people, you develop a, a greater understanding of them. Um, and then you, you also understand yourself a little better by how you react to them. So if you just listen, and a lot of times that's all people want you to do is just listen. They don't want you to tell you, tell you how to, they don't want you to tell them how to fix the world. They just want you to listen. They want you to say, you know what? I'm just going to sit right here and you just have at it what you, what you need. And then let them vent for 40, 45 minutes, whatever. Hug them, love you, whatever you need. And then go on because that's all they need is somebody to listen. But while you're listening to what they're going through or what they're dealing with and they trust you enough to confide in you, then that just gives you just a little bit of a peek into their heart, into what, what they want uh, in life or whatever. So, and if they don't have Jesus, that's a perfect way to get in. I say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. Jesus can take care of this. So, uh, so if you listen and really, really listen, and really be engaged. You know, you can't just sit across the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, right. No, you got you got to listen. I mean, listen to what they say, because if they didn't think it was important to talk to you about it, they wouldn't be talking to you. So, so listening is very important because sometimes we don't even. Sometimes I can't hear Jesus because he talks really softly. He's not going to force himself on me. He's certainly not going to enforce his voice on me either. So sometimes when I'm going through something that my mind is a million miles away and, I don't, and I'm not focused on what I need to be doing and all this other stuff, Jesus is talking, but I'm not listening. So, so when you listen, you gain a whole lot of understanding in your, with yourself and with the person that's trying to talk. And then we have uh, avoid negativity. Everybody has a bad day. Everybody can say, you know what, (laughs) I don't like this, I'm not going to do this, I don't like this church, I don't like this house, I don't like this job, I don't like my car, I don't like anything, I don't like it, I'm not going to deal with it, I'm not going to talk about it, I'm just done, I'm just done, done, done. So this negative attitude about every aspect of your life, if that's all you're around is negative people, you're going to start being negative yourself. And when you, when you get negative, I mean, you physically go into a depression because there's nothing happy, there's nothing positive, there's nothing really to look forward to except, whoa, whoa, poor pitiful me, i got to go through all this again tomorrow. So when you start thinking about positivity, it totally changes your whole demeanor and your whole way of thinking. It, ch- it totally changes the whole aspect of that day with you personally and the surroundings that you're in. So when you can get that positivity into your life and keep it there and keep it in the forefront of your mind, 
and keep it in the forefront of your eyes where you can see it and hear it and experience it, that negativity is not going to make a difference in when it comes or not. Because when it comes, you're going to say, oh, you know what? I get what you're saying, but, you know, and then, or sometimes we don't like to use the word but, so, okay, so I get what you're saying. I understand your, your way of thinking, but, I said it again, sorry. So instead of saying that, I get it. Let's talk about how we can be positive about this. What's, what's the silver lining around your cloud? You know, because there's always one, right? So. And then we uh, make sacrifices. We make sacrifices personally. We make sacrifices for others. And we should make sacrifices for God. Um, a lot of, you might think that a sacrifice that I'm thinking right now for God is, okay, Lord, I want to, I want to, you know, give this message tonight. And then my sister calls and says, mom's feeling good tonight. Let's go out with, with go out with mom today. Mm-mm, you know, I like spending time with my mom, <laughs> but no, can't do that. I've got to do this. So when you make the sacrifices, you got to make sacrifices for God, yourself, and for other people. And when you make uh, sacrifices for other people, it shows them other people, Jesus through you. Because you know what? Okay, I committed to this. I said I was going to do this. And so now let's, let's do it. Let's, let's just follow it through and let God do what God wants to do with it. And then we have give back. And that don't necessarily mean money. That can mean time, knowledge, effort, or money. And that, that will result in focusing more on yourself than others, or focusing more on others than yourself. Because when you give back time, it's just like when we do a mobile life house. I have no money. I don't give them money when we're there packing boxes or, or handing out uh, the food into their cars. We don't give them money. We give them our time. We give them our words. We give them, uh, hopefully we give them Jesus is what I'm hoping. But it's really fun, and I really enjoy doing that. So it don't necessarily mean to give them money, because a lot of times when you put in the effort to give your own time and your own knowledge of things going on, like they'll come up and they'll say, well, where do I go to do Taylor's Closet? Or where do I go to, to get this uh, meat or whatever? and you give them that knowledge and they get to get what they need, they also get to get a little bit of Jesus. So when you, when you take the time to, to give, give back, the blessing for them is phenomenal. But the blessing for you is astronomical. I mean, it is something else just to be able to give back, not only on mobile life, but community services, just whatever you do right here, right here in church on Sundays. When I get to walk up to somebody and hug them, I love that moment. I mean, I love to be able to spend that time with that person. So, and when you take the time to do that, that might be the only thing that that person is going to see that's positive all day. So, so you got to, when you give back time, you're giving back, again, a piece of Jesus, I hope. So, so time is very important. And knowledge, the more knowledge you know, just like the scripture says, the more knowledge you know, the more you have to give. And that's not just knowledge, that's everything. So when, he get, when God gave me the, the vision of Church with No Walls, 
he told me then that he's given me, he's entrusting me to get that done, to get that goal finished. And when I don't get that done, that falls back on the responsibility that I didn't do because now it's not going. But I do know that that's not totally out of God's vision. It's not gone from my head. I think about it every day. But when it comes time, that time and knowledge that I've spent on doing that already will start again when it comes time for Jesus to get it going. And then I also say, well, if you know, you've had all this time, you've got all this time to do this, and you're doing all this for the missions on McGuire Road and all this other stuff, so why aren't you doing church for no laws? Well, to me, all this that's going on now in my life is part of that, church with no walls. I mean, it doesn't have to be a label. It doesn't have to be something that, that has to be done in this, in this order or in this, in this particular way or because my way of thinking ain't great. So I've got to let God do the thinking and I've got to let God tell me how to do the thinking. So, so when he's laying all these other things on my heart and stuff, I don't know what God's going to do with church on no walls. I don't know what God's going to do with the missions. I don't know what God's going to do with anything that's going on right now, Mobile Life House. I don't have a clue what he's going to do with the food ministry. But what I do know is that whatever it is, it's going to be great. So let's just do the baby steps and get there. So that's, that's what I'm thinking. And then when we, uh, when we think of responsibility and accountability, sometimes, in a sense, it can make you think of, uh, of your purpose. It can make you think of, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I don't have a purpose. I don't want to go to church because I don't have a purpose there. I don't have a the reason to be there. I, I don't know what my purpose is. Why am I even here? Why, why is God bringing me to this place when there, there's no purpose? I just go there, sit down, and leave. And What's the purpose? Well, God is not going to drop a purpose into your lap. God is going to give you something. He's going to give you some kind of a pull, some kind of a conviction to either get into children's or uh, children's ministries, men or women's ministries, or something. He's going to give you something. He's going to pull your heart because he made you for a purpose. And then when you get to that purpose, God's going to say, well, okay, well, you know what? Just like the toddlers, I don't think I'd be too good out there with the kids. So, so that's not what he's called me to do. But what I am doing is something that he called me to do. And in order for me to get to where he wants me to go, I mean, this, this is a baby step. This is not where I want to stop, and I do not want God to stop through me. So if I don't want God to stop through me, the more I continue in his will, the more that's going to be meant to give away. So the more responsibility that I take from, from him and what he's wanting me to do, the more I've got to give out. So if I don't give out the more on that end, he's going to quit giving me the more on the other end. So, And I don't want that to happen. So if we don't want that to happen, I've got to continue to let him entrust me. Stewards. Yeah, we, we don't like that word. A lot of people don't like that word. Because a lot of times it means money. But God gives us time. He gives us purpose. He gives us a will. And he gives us a way. And when he gives us all those things with that steward, he's given me this in his uh He wants us to be good stewards of what he gives us. So if he, if he gives us money, he wants us to be able to give back to him and to help others. He don't, you know, it's not for you. God don't give you money for you. He gives you money to help others. So he wants you to do that with money.
But he also, when he entrusts me with the responsibility of a whole mission or a whole ministry, if he gives you that on your heart, he's going to give you that entrusting that you're going to take that and go with it the way that he wants you to go. And a lot of times we get ourselves in the way and then we say, no, we don't do it that way. You know, God, no, that ain't right. I'm going to do it this way. And God's going to say, no, you're not going to do it that way. You're going to do it my way. So when we get into that, when he gets to entrust us, it's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to me that he's going to entrust me enough, enough to do what he wants me to do to glorify him in the best way I know how. And I kind of like to talk about Jesus. And Jesus knows that. So I don't know, like I said, I don't know where he's going to go with it, but I know I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with him. I'm going to go wherever he wants me to go. So the purpose that a lot of people are, are seeking for is not going to fall out of the sky. I mean, God's going to convict you in little pieces because if he gave you exactly what you wanted, you'd be so overwhelmed that your mind would blow up. So, so if you take the little pieces of the little conviction, the little pull, and, the, and you know, no, no, and it keeps pulling and getting, getting more intense and more intense and more intense, you're eventually going to say, okay, Lord, let's do this. So, so the purpose is starts with a little bit of a pull. So the purpose will be revealed to you when you can handle it. So I think that responsibility to me has been a, uh, a burden for me, not only through doctor's appointments or, or driving, it's just running. I mean, running is exhausting. I mean, people do it for fun, <laughs> but I don't understand that, but they do, and I understand that. But anyway, when I'm running in an opposite direction of the way Jesus wants me to go, life is very, very hard. It's very uh, heavy. It's very, to me, it's undoable. Um, I can fall into a deep depression. I've dealt with that many years, and if I, if I, deal with that to a to a degree I will find myself laying in bed for a week you know don't call me don't come look at me I ain't gonna look at you I'm done and and if I don't let God tell me that this responsibility is not meant to be a burden responsibility is meant to be yoking yoke with Jesus and let him carry the load so when you yoke with Jesus the lights very the load is very light and then you can continue and run the endurance. You run the race that God wants you to run. But if you, if for me, if I do get stubborn in my ways and decide, well, no, I'm just not going to. I can't do that because they're mad. I can't do that because they don't want me to come back. I can't do that because they don't like me. I can't do that because I don't say the right words. I can't do that because they look at me like they don't like me. They look at me like they don't like the way I dress, or they look at me because of this or that. So I'm not going to go do that because I don't want to make them feel uncomfortable. That's pride. So when you start living, when I start living in that lifestyle of the responsibility I'm not going to take, then God starts showing me, well, you know what? If you would just yoke with me, Libby, everything's going to be great. Just yoke with me. And then when when I get to that point to where I'm down in that little spiral and I'm just totally gone, thank God God has put people in my lives for seasons, reasons, and lives. So those people will start coming around and I'm like, you know what? You're bothering me. Go away. And then he's like, no, I'm not going to. 
So thank God for people that don't go away. So, uh, and then when things starts lifting up and I start getting back into the word, I start, start writing down notes. I have got all kinds of notes for different topics and stuff. I've got all this stuff wrote down that I know God wants me to say, but I'm like, no, let's not do that. So, but when I start getting back into his word and I start getting back into his will and start listening to him instead of everything else in the world, and then life gets a whole lot more joyful. It gets, it gets so much more lived. Depression, you're not living. You know, you're existing, you're getting by, you're breathing every day, going to bed every, or not getting out of bed, whatever, and, but you're not living. So when, when the burden is light and you're doing all these things, you're busy, 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 and, and you just got so much to do, just like I had to do this, and well, I didn't have to. I'll take it back. I was, you know, blessed to do this. But doing this, you know, I was, I was preparing for it. I was doing uh, stuff around the church. I was, you know, going to Newport and seeing Tammy and, and just all kind of things going on everywhere, just something happening all the time. But it wasn't a burden. It was very joyful and very lifting you know it's kind of like yeah let's do this and when I was sitting over there today just getting done with this and getting it all in a neat little package and I was sitting there at the desk and I was looking at at a scripture that I had on the wall and of course I can't remember what it is because I wasn't actually looking at it so so anyways when I was standing up staring off into the distance or whatever Jesus said live if you're going to do this he said let's do this in the way that I want you to do this. Like, yeah, okay, we're going to do that. We got that, you know, we got that established. And he says, no, he says, what I'm going to do is, he says, I'm going to take these notes you got right here, and I'm not going to say anything about it. So when I said, okay, I said, okay, we can do that. So when I got over here and was praying, Howard and I was praying, and I was talking to the Lord, and I was like, you know, Lord, just whatever you want to do, you just do it your way. Just move me out of the way. You have it your way. Just move me. Down. I'm done. I don't want no part of it. You do it. So right now, with, the, with this way that I'm thinking, is God is good. <laughs> this is terrifying, but this is such a blessing. Uh, So if you're waiting for a purpose in life, maybe you should start listening to that pull, that conviction, that little bitty, that little bitty tiny whisper that a lot of us can't even hear. But if you're looking for a purpose, if you're looking for a reason for this or that, just listen. Just listen to what God's saying. And, and pay attention. And then when you listen... We're not supposed to just be uh, readers of the word. We're supposed to be doers. So, and when when we start doing what God wants us to do, that purpose becomes a very joyful filled life. And and it's busy. It's hard work. It ain't gonna be easy. Certainly not gonna be simple. But it's gonna be very very worth it. And that's what God promises, right? So, so I just love Him for it. I love Him. 
for what he does for all of us. I love him for all of you that he's put in my life. I just love him. I just love him. I just love him dearly with all my heart. And uh, so I just very thankful for tonight. Um, but that's about all. What time is it? Okay. Um, anybody got any questions or anything? I mean, let's open it up. You want to discuss? We got 15 minutes. <laughs> anything? Anything at all? Going once. Going twice. Come on, Evelyn. You always have something to say. <laughs> Okay, well, I think I can breathe now. <laughs> but God is good, and and He, uh, if you if you're tired of running, just stop, just stop and listen. I mean, that's just as simple as can be, because I have spent my whole life running from something. So now I'm going to try to run to God, and run always towards God and not try to run in places or ways that I know is not of God. Avoiding doctor's appointments, avoiding a bill collector, avoiding um, any kind of thing that would trigger me into anxiety, uh, depression, that sort of thing, which was a lot of times finances, you know, bills and all this stuff. So, so I've learned in these last two or three weeks that no matter how far you run, it goes with you. You know, it ain't it ain't never going to stay here while you're there. So, so all all of it goes with you. The responsibility goes with you, no matter where you go. But the responsibility could be joyful if you take it with Jesus, or it could be very heavy if you try to take it on your own. So, so that's about all I have to say about that. Well, thank you, Brenda. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Thank you. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. Anybody else? Anything else to say? Well, I thank you so much for listening. <laughs> I hope I didn't sound like I was rambling, but but I think I think God has pretty much put it out there what he wanted to say tonight. So, uh, so if you want, we can just... Uh, Maybe close in prayer then. Anybody want to pray? Okay, I'll pray. (laughs) (laughs) Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you, God, so much for this time that you've given us tonight. I thank you, God, for this opportunity, Lord. I don't know what you're going to do with this door you're opening, but I'm just ready to, to run right through it, Lord. And I know if I run with you, we're going to make it because it's going to be you that do it. So I thank you, God, for this time and everything, and I just thank you, Lord, for everybody that's been here. I thank you for everybody that's here in the classes. I just pray, God, that you're, you're filling them up with your spirit like you've done mine tonight. So, Lord, I thank you so much for that. And I pray, God, that whenever we leave here tonight, God, that you'll just keep us safe, get us where you want us to go, and bring us back together in your perfect place and in your perfect time, Lord. Thank you so much, and I love you, Lord, dearly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.